This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. It's easy to know where you have your best ideas. I think not only me, but everybody that I really know of has their best ideas in the shower. And there's a lot of theories as to why that's the case. So much so that I got a pad, a waterproof pad to put in the shower. Although, you know, you know what's been happening? It it go, it sticks to the shower with suction cups. And the suction cups will not stay on the tile, so it keeps falling. So it's almost useless. It keeps falling down. I hate it. It's really driving me crazy. And they say, oh, you're supposed to lick the suction cups, the back of the suction cups, while it's dry, and then stick it. It's still not working. It still keeps falling off. It's very frustrating. But in my life, I know where I have the worst ideas, right? Um, I have the worst ideas when I'm either about to fall asleep or just as I'm waking up, okay? And, uh, you know, that's not unusual, I don't think, right? Because remember, Jerry heard something that he thought was funny and, you know, it turned out uh, on Seinfeld and it turned out not to be funny. It was funny when he woke up in the middle of the night from a sound sleep and he wrote it down, thought it was going to be funny, and then he couldn't read his own handwriting and thought it was going to be something great. It wasn't. It was not funny at all. Once you realize that you're awake, it's not funny. When I am drifting off to sleep or when maybe I'll wake up for a second or two, I will always, not always, but often, have an idea that I am just convinced is going to be a great talk topic, always. And I'm either convinced that it's going to be a great talk topic and I'm going to remember it, or I I have the intellectual awareness, even being half asleep, to know that I'm going to forget it. And so I reach for my phone and I write it down, where I write down all the other good topics that we're going to talk about. And then when I wake up, I'll look at these topics that I've written down. These are some of the most ridiculous subjects you can imagine. I mean, not only ridiculous, but just boring and not at all of interest to anybody. And as usually, as soon as I see this topic written down when I'm awake, I realize that's ridiculous. That's only the kind of thing that a sleeping person would think is interesting. However... For the last three days, there was a subject that popped into my brain as I was falling asleep a couple of days ago that for some reason I just can't shake. And I know it's ridiculous. I know it makes no sense. I know that there's a very good chance no one will question, no one will care about this. But for some reason, It's like a song that gets stuck in your head that you have to keep, that you have to hear in order to get out of your head. I have to bring this up with you. It occurred to me as I was sleeping the other day, and I just can't shake it. I want to ask you the question, and I want you to respond at 800-848-9222. 
Brace yourself. What is the most boring state? That is the question. 800-848-9222. What is the most boring state? A question. Since before your sun burned hot in space and before your race was born, I have awaited a question. Now, obviously, this is something that is totally subjective because people's perceptions of boredom vary among individuals. So what might be boring to you might not be boring to me. Different people find enjoyment in various aspects of life. You know, uh, so I don't know how you would quantify a state being boring. Culture, geography, lifestyle. So what's boring to Matt Blaze might be very fun or very fascinating to Tony. So, and I also really don't know where the conversation goes. If you say Wyoming, I say, oh, okay, Wyoming. What do you think? Oh, you think New Jersey. Oh, okay, what do you think? So, I guess maybe I'll add to the question, what is the most boring state and why? 800-848-9222. I don't know where it's going, but for some reason, I have not been able to shake thinking about that. And I don't know what the most boring state is. I I would feel bad prejudging a state that I haven't been to, right? Because how do I know it's boring based on what I've heard? based on what I've seen in movies. You know, I have been to Ohio, which I did not think was boring at all, but there's got to be something for the fact that so many people are anxious to or eager to leave Ohio. John Glenn, where was he from? Ohio, okay? He was eager to get off this planet. The Wright brothers, if I'm remembering correctly, where were, where were they from? I think they were also from Ohio. There's all these people. Yeah, they were from Ohio. So the guy, those guys invented airplanes just to get out of Ohio. John Glenn went to space just to get out of Ohio. So is there something about Ohio that's boring, that makes people do anything to get out? Can't be Ohio. There's two major Hall of Fames in Ohio. Yeah, and you got the James Garfield Museum there. Oh, yeah, that too, of course. Exactly. How can we forget that? What do you think the most boring state is? hands down, Idaho. (laughs) Have you been to Idaho? No. Well, how do you know that? That's how I know. Frank, when was the last time you heard somebody go, hey, we're going on a great vacation to (laughs) Idaho? Never. You know why I don't think Idaho is boring? Because Idaho is one of the states that you can run for U.S. Senate without collecting... Any signatures, I don't think. I think you can, or it's a very minimal amount of signatures. Yes, and that just screams yes, excitement. Yes, that is exciting. That anybody can run for your uh, U.S. Senate with just uh, put, plunking down 500 bucks or, you know, get, collecting 100 signatures. That is exciting. I think the, that's The masses cool. are now flocking to move exactly. to Idaho. That's, uh, that's actually. Uh, that's, uh, so I don't think that you can judge a state that you haven't been to. So I, I have been to, I don't know, nine or ten states, right? And when I when I say been, does driving through a state count? I, I don't think it does. Maybe it does, but I think you have to set foot in a state to count it as being uh, as being visited. So I've been to New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, Florida, um, North Carolina, 
uh, California, and where else? Arizona, and I think, where else have I been? I don't think I've been to Rhode Island. Uh, so that's eight Georgia. states. I don't think I've been to Georgia, except for driving through it. What? Oh, yeah, that's right. I was in Atlanta. That's right. I was in Atlanta. Right. When I was a kid, I was in Virginia. So that's 10. I was in Hawaii, right, for my brother's brother's wedding. So that's 11 states that I've been to. And, uh, oh, Nevada, right, when I was in Vegas. So that's 12 states, at least 12 states that I've been to. None of them I would really call boring. Of the 12, I don't know. Did I say Ohio and listing these? Yeah, I did. So I don't know which is the most boring out of those 12. That's why I'm curious. What makes a state boring? Is it not having a lot of good restaurants? Is it not having a lot of good nightlife? Is it not having a lot of great um, you know, radio stations? I really don't know. But um, let's see. I mean, could it be Connecticut? I feel bad because I have a lot of friends that live in Connecticut and they have casinos. But out of the 12 states that I've been to, it might be. might be Connecticut. Tony, you have a pick? It's hard to pick. You know, you said everything that I was thinking about, like the nightlife, you know, the radio stations. Um, the one state I was bored, in, bored at was um, North Carolina. I was in Charlotte, and I was visiting my cousin, and I was asking him, like, so where's the nightlife at? And they said, well, we don't know. And I was bored out of my mind. I was, I was so happy to go to the airport the next day to come back to New York. You know what I'll say about North Carolina? Because what I did is, and I made a big mistake. Oh, I was also in South Carolina because we used to vacation in Hilton Head. So I've been to 13 states, right? The one thing about North Carolina is you can drive for miles and see nothing but trees. Nothing. I mean, nothing. I went down there. A friend of mine, my friend Brian Silverstein, who um, is a regular listener to this show when he's awake, he had his bachelor party down there, and I'm the worst with knowing where anything is and how long it takes to get anywhere. So I think, oh, well, my friend Brian Silverstein's having his bachelor party. I'll go down there for it. It's a clo- he's a close friend. I drive down there for it, and I say, what, who else do I know in North Carolina? Well, I, I knew someone that was in prison in North Carolina at uh, Butner. And so uh, Brian Silverstein's bachelor party was at the Outer Banks, and my friend was in, um, the other fellow that I knew was in prison in Butner, North Carolina. So I said, all right, okay, I'll, I'll go and see him. It's got to be close. What is it, 20 minutes away, half hour away? Turns out it was about six and a half hours away. So I, I am down there with my friend, and then I drove six and a half hours. From one end of North Carolina to the other, practically. Not at all close. And you know what I saw on that six and a half to seven hour drive? It was a boring drive. There were actually some decent radio stations that I discovered. I found trees. Trees and trees. That was about it. And I felt bad because I felt like I was um, neglecting my friend's bachelor party because I didn't realize it was going to be an all-day affair. And I was only down there for three or four days. And basically, I burned a day just driving to prison. I mean, I was happy I got to see my other friend in prison. But it was a um, a miscalculation on my part. And that was my wake-up call that not everything is close to everything. So what do you think the most boring state in the country is? 800-848-9222. Lisa is in Connecticut. Lisa, you might be the most boring state that I've been to. 
Oh, no, 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 no. Don't go to, don't, don't disgrace Connecticut. What I did find online is that, okay, so it says Idaho takes the number one spot for the most boring state with a population of 1.89 million over 83,570 square miles. And then I found out that in this other search, it says the, the state of West Virginia has the most people that are 65 years and older. So that's interesting. All right. Well, so have you been to Idaho, though? Yes, I have. Oh, you have? Yeah, I have family there. Did you find it boring? No. Oh, so you're disputing the data. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nice there. So See, Matt Blaze doesn't know what he's talking about. See, I like Idaho. I've been pretty much all over the country. I, I went on a, a cross-country trip in a car, back and forth. So what are you uh, picking, went, Lisa? What's the most boring state? Hmm. Hmm. That's a good one. Maybe West Virginia. West Virginia. All right. Thank you, Lisa. I appreciate your candor. And you know, I'm thinking, I just mentioned that I went to Maryland when I was a kid. So I've been to 14 states, 14 out of 50, plus Washington, D.C., which is not bad, which we're not counting. And uh, I like that that contemplative sound that uh, that Lisa made when I when I asked her the question. You know what my son does when you ask him a question that he immediately, he doesn't immediately have an answer for? He goes, ah, hmm. That's what he. That's what he goes. And I did that at at breakfast uh, maybe a w- two weeks ago. And my wife said, "Oh, that's what Carmine does. I guess you're where he got it from." But he does that all the time. Every day he says, "Ah, uh, hmm." And I don't know why. Um, you know, the other thing he says is if he wants something, he says, "He says, um, how about how about that." Right. Uh, About anything. Right. So he'll point to something. And if it's a a cookie or if it's a toy, whatever, he'll point to it and he'll just say, how about that? And even if he's getting upset and he's about to throw a tantrum, he still says he gets excited and he starts crying. And he says, how about that? How about that? How about that? And I I've always feel bad, but it, and it's also always kind of amusing. So I've been starting to call him Mel Allen. You remember the baseball announcer, Mel Allen? How about that? That was his motto. How about that? So uh, whatever he says, how about that? Or how about this? I say, uh, I call him Mel Allen. 800-848-9222. Brian in Florida. What is the most boring state in the country? Frank, what's happening? Uh, I, well, it's definitely not Idaho. Idaho's got great skiing, great snowboarding, Sunshine Valley, and then there's a there's a course, Coeur d'Alene, one of the nicest golf courses in the country. A so Matt Blaze doesn't know what he's talking about again. What's that? Matt Blaze clearly doesn't know what he's talking about. Exactly. Come on, Blaze. And then and then the other guy talking about Charlotte. Charlotte is a great city. There's tons to do in, in downtown Charlotte. Yeah, and you know why I've I've never been to Charlotte, but you know why I believe that you're correct. Because Ric Flair would not live in a city that, exactly. that's boring. I'm, I'm not joking. This guy oh, is yeah. the least boring person who's ever lived. He's not living in a state that's boring. Rolex wearing, limo driving. You don't do that. Any, you know, you, you, you do that, how can you not have fun? Exactly. He's spent more on spilled liquor. Woo! We are tour, and we're doing it better than anybody else alive. Now, Buddy Landell... 
It's so hard for me to sit back here in this studio looking at a guy out here hollering my name when last year I spent more money on spilt liquor in bars from one side of this world to the other than you made. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Brian, uh, I agree with you. No way he's living in a boring state. <laughs> exactly. But, well, one funny thing uh, from Wayne's world, remember when they said, uh, we're in Rhode Island? No. That was boring. No, no. It was Delaware. Delaware. Oh, you're, you're right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, no, they go uh, They go through all the states that are simulated. They go to New York. You're and he right. says, Good I got call. a gun. Let's go to a Broadway show. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, we were in Hawaii. And they start <clears throat> doing the hula. Mukalakahiki. Pass the way. Mahalo. And then they go to Delaware. And they say, oh, I'm in Delaware. It's Delaware, according to them. Well, hey, Frank, love the show, man. I've called a couple of times. Good talking. Thank you. So, hey, what's your pick for most boring state, Brian? Oh. I'd uh I'd I, I just have to say Rhode Island. I've drove through it a lot going to Boston. I'm from eastern Long Island originally and gone to a lot of Red Sox games, so I'd say Rhode Island. I mean I've literally what is there to do on Long, Long on Rhode Island besides go to uh well they used to be the Pawtucket Red Pawtucket Red Sox, they're not even there anymore. So I think the state was so boring that the, the Red Sox moved moved out of Pawtucket, other than the mob, which doesn't really exist there too much either, I guess. Well, my friend Bill moved to Rhode Island. He's always trying to get me to visit him in Newport, and he seems to say that there's some fun stuff you to know, do in Newport. People, yeah, people talk about that. Uh, yeah, I, don't know. I mean, I, how many places? Oh, let's go to a you know a place because there are great houses and rich people live there. A lot of fun, huh? Yeah, well, yeah, that's a good point, Brian. Thank you. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Leo on Long Island. Leo, what's the most boring state? Frank, I have a few of them. Uh, when we came from Germany 43, 34 years ago, I took two of my daughters in a Oldsmobile Custom Cruiser, and we went for three months, 16,000 miles through almost all states. We always pull in a visitor center. We took whatever is interesting in that state and central. We went the southern way to the west, a lot of national parks, and we was probably spoiled by, you know, Monument Valley and, and uh, Yosemite Valley, Yellowstone, and, and all the parks. And on the way back, we went through Idaho, Wyoming, like Nebraska, Iowa, back to our end in Chicago. And it was like these three states, it was like after 20 hours <laughs> going through potatoes, you was going 30 hours through corn. So, so Leo, if you had gun to your head and you have to pick just one, what is it? Um, uh, honestly, I have so many, uh, so many uh, video eight tapes from these, and these are three states where I film like one museum of some cars and always the sign will come in uh, Idaho or will come in uh, Wyoming. Maybe really uh, one of these three, Nebraska, Wyoming, Idaho. Interesting. All right. Thank you, Leo. 800-848-9222. JR in Brooklyn, what is the most boring state? <clears throat> oh, Kansas. Kansas. Landlocked. It's like running on a treadmill. 
and it's got no geography. Like Idaho got good mountains. West Virginia's got the rivers and mountains. Even Rhode Island's got the cliffs. Uh, but Kansas is—it's like running on a treadmill. Um, have and you've been to Kansas? I've been to Kansas, and, yes. and that's not, your. Pick. And again, I didn't spend a lot of time there, but I've, I've, I've been there. I drove through it, got out, and it was just not even rinse, wash, and repeat. It was just repeat, repeat, and repeat. Really? Huh. All right. Yeah, so I Kansas. Have, I have another. Sure. I have another question for you. It's a little off topic. Sure. Go ahead. So, at what point do you think someone or other people start saying their nationality is American? Like you're an Italian American. No, no, right? no. I, I only call myself an American. Okay, okay. At what point do you consider that? Because I do the same thing. At what generation, say a, a first generation German who's, or a, a, a second generation uh a Brazilian person who's been living in the United States. At what point do you think that they should start describing their nationality as being American, you know, even I, if they live in a boring state? I talk. <laughs> I've talked about this before. I think uh, right away, right? I, and uh, you know, I am really bothered by hyphenated Americanism, and I re- for the same reasons Theodore Roosevelt was. I think you got to pick a country, and it's one of the reasons that I'm not crazy about the idea of dual citizenship and. I, I don't know, you know, and I know a lot of people that I grew up with who are of Italian descent, they call themselves Italian. Many of them have never been to Italy. Many of them uh, can't speak a word of Italian. Many of them are completely ignorant of Italian culture. Some of them right. have been in the country, their families have been in the country so long, even before Italy became a country. And I, I asked that I would ask myself the same question about them. I said, how long do you have to be here before you identify this as what you are, not where your grandparents or great grandparents came from? Right. You know, I'm very proud that, you know, to be the grandson of immigrants from Italy. And I enjoyed hearing a lot of stories from my grandfather about uh, growing up in Italy and why he chose to the, uh, come to this country. But to me, he made the decision to come to this country because he wanted a better life. And I, I think that right. by pining for this country that he abandoned, uh, I don't think that's the best way of recognizing um, what he wanted to do. So I think right away. But I think it's all right. in um, <clears throat> all in how you identify. I mean, I know a lot of people that have uh, flags of other countries on their car or on their house, and they don't even have an American flag. And to me, I just don't get it. I don't get that at all, JR. But don't get me started. That's a lengthier discussion for another day. Joaquin is in Pennsylvania. Joaquin, what is the most boring state? First thing is this. I think it's Connecticut. <laughs> I'm a truck driver. I've been through every single freaking state except for six of them. Okay, I miss Washington. I miss Oregon, New Mexico, Arizona. And uh, Missouri and Oklahoma, but I've driven through every single of the one of them. And I'm going to say one thing: Idaho. You see, it depends on what your perspective is on what you consider boring. Right. I mean, if you're an outdoors kind of guy, I'm going to tell you right now. I I always thought Idaho potatoes, right? One big potato field. I remember waking up in Idaho. I had my wife with me, you know. Where I I had one of those BJ and the bear trucks back in the early '80s, you know. Mm-hmm. I was a young guy in my 20s. And we woke up in Idaho, and oh my gosh, what a beautiful, beautiful view, you know. And so I hate to slam Connecticut. Connecticut, to me, I guess is boring, but 
again, it comes all down to what you, you know, what you consider to be interesting. Now, I have a really great bird story for you, though. Lucky bird. He flew into the side of my house. He fell down, and I picked him up, and I had him in my hand. I was like, okay, I'll see what I can do for this little bird. You know, it had a little bit of blood around its beak, you know. And the next thing I know, it goes and flies off. And I have a chocolate lab, 120-some-odd pounds. And as the bird flies off, my dog catches it in his mouth. I'm thinking, oh, gosh, the bird, the goner. I was like, Cooper, give me that bird. And he came in the bird, and the bird was actually alive. And I'm holding oh, wow. my hand. It all flies off. Wow. Well, that's why. Hey, uh, I appreciate the call, Joaquin. Yeah, I mean, I honestly think, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to the people of the state of Connecticut. I have cousins that live in um, in Connecticut, and we've had a lot. We got have a lot of great listeners from Connecticut, but it is, I think, the most boring state that I've been to so far. Uh, maybe not. Maybe it won't always be, but. At the moment, it's the most boring state that I've been to out of the 14 that I've visited. Al in New York City, what is the most boring state, Al? Hey, Frankie Superstar. Listen, every state's got its thing. Sure. You go to Jersey, you can see Newark, and then you're in Cape May, and you go, what? Right. Connecticut has beautiful Hammonesset, Rocky Neck, Mount Frizzle up in the northwest corner. Uh, Idaho, first time. I've been to 49 states. I'm missing Hawaii. Oh. First time I went to Idaho. Guess what? Potato fields, boring, horrible. South Dakota looked like, uh, I mean, North Dakota, like you're on the surface of the moon. But go to Stanley, Idaho, and tell me that you're not in the Alps or somewhere. Spectacular. The best states are all out west. Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, uh, Alaska is beautiful, Vermont. But in the middle, you got Nebraska, where it's just endless nothing. As far as Ohio, cheapest state in the whole country to live in. Check out the rent in Toledo, Ohio. The only problem is in the morning when you wake up, you're in Toledo, Ohio. You know? <laughs> but, but what I would say is this. Every state's beautiful, and, and states will fool you. You go to Florida, you think, yeah, how, how big could it be? From Pensacola to Key West is almost 900 miles. Yeah. When you enter Texas, you'll see a sign, 883. In another mile, you'll see 882. And you'll go, what the hell does that mean? That's miles, 880 miles to get out, you know? So they're all lovely. West Virginia, again, beautiful. Is there, do they have method, you know, problems? Yes. Well, every yeah, state's every got state problems, right? Lovely. That's why I wonder, I, right. I don't know, maybe it's an impossible question to answer, but you're, if you had to pick one, what are you picking? I love Seattle before they ruined it. Spectacular. Alaska, beautiful. Well, no, no, no. A wor- uh, the most boring state, Al. Oh, uh, the most boring. I hate to tell you, uh, I'm gonna go with North Dakota. North South Dakota. Dakota, you have the Black Hills at least. Yeah, listen, keep up the great uh, shows. Uh, Thank you, appreciate the great it. Shows on at the night. All right. Th- thanks, Al. Take it easy. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Felice is in the Boogie Down Bronx. Felice, what's the most boring state? Um, uh, a few years ago, number of years ago, Rabbi, I went to visit my friend in Omaha, Nebraska, and then we drove to Iowa. I found Iowa pretty boring. Coming from New York, <laughs> it seems boring, right? But I, again, I've never been there. Maybe it gets exciting well, around. I was, the... No, I was there. I was there, and there was hardly anything to see. Right, so, all right. Well, that's that's pretty convincing. I know they got a lot of corn there, and if you're not into corn, yeah. maybe it's not a great state yeah. for you. That's and... not my favorite. That's not my, that's not my favorite vegetable. No. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Felice. Gary, what's the uh, most boring state? Obviously, because of the extreme cold, 
Alaska, the Siberia of uh, North America. You know, I have friends and family that have been to Alaska, and they actually said that it's a pretty interesting place. Have you been to... Have you been there? Uh, Unfortunately, uh, not yet, but... uh, Well, first of all, if it's boring, uh, why are you saying... If you have to work uh, in and out of the cold, in the course of my life, unfortunately, I have at times worked uh, outdoors, and I I, I really hate the cold as a result of that. All right, Gary. But I'm sure that if you had some kind of position in Alaska... Where you're not working outdoors, it's uh, it's 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 a lot of fun. Well, uh, thank you, Gary. Uh, appreciate that. All right, so so far, I think Felice made the best case that the most boring state is Iowa. Again, I've not been there, but it does seem boring. I must say, you know, the only reason I would say maybe it's not boring is it's got to be pretty exciting when it comes to the caucuses. Right. I would think that's a pretty exciting time to be down there. All the presidential candidates meeting everybody, all the national media down there. Even if you're not necessarily into politics, I would think that's a fun and exciting media event. Who knows? Maybe, maybe not. So I think um, I'm convinced. So out of the 14 states that I've been to, my pick is Connecticut. Out of all the states that people have brought up so far, I think Iowa might be the answer. Straighten me out if I'm off base. 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Just too good to be true Can't take my eyes off you You'd be like heaven to touch I wanna hold you so much At long last love has arrived And I thank God I'm alive You're just too good to be true Can't take my eyes off you Pardon the way that I stare There's nothing else to compare The sight of you leaves me The great Frankie Valli singing Can't Take My Eyes Off of You is quite frankly nobody like Frankie Valli. Uh, This is uh, a birthday bumper music selection from my cousin Palma. My cousin Palma... Uh, DeSico McEwen is celebrating her 80th birthday today. I have known my cousin Palma. She's my mom's first cousin, but because their grandparents were also cousins, they're, I think, first cousins on one end and then they're maybe second cousins on the other side, but they're doubly related. Um, Palma, I've known her my whole life, and imagine my surprise when I learned she had the same birthday as Tony Atwood. My whole life I've known her, 
And I didn't know until yesterday that she and Tony shared a birthday. Is Palma the, the mysterious mystery woman that is taking Tony to dinner tonight and causing him to miss work tomorrow? I don't know. I'm sure if that's the case, her husband, John, would not at all be pleased. Would not at all be pleased. But who knows? Her mom was my uh, Aunt Tessie, my you know, my grandfather's sister. And I think, probably not, but my Aunt Tessie was the first person that I can remember making me a grilled cheese sandwich, which I call a cheese grilled sandwich. And I think, um, I'm sure I had a grilled cheese sandwich before that, but she was the first person that I ever remember making a grilled cheese sandwich. And she, like my grandfather, spoke primarily Italian. So she spoke broken English, but she also spoke broken English very quickly. So she had a heavy Italian accent, but she would also speak uh, English at a rapid fire pace. So at times, you know, as a little boy, four, five, six years old, it could be difficult to keep track of um, what she was saying. But, um, you know, it is what it is. So, you know, I was thinking, speaking of America and coming to America, I was reading, I always go through the international headlines, and I was reading headline after headline yesterday, and all I was thinking was, thank God I was born in the United States because there are so many – look, you take me – what's the difference between me and someone that was born in Afghanistan? Nothing. Nothing. I had the good fortune to be born here because my grandparents made the decision to immigrate here. I had nothing to do with it at all. I am the beneficiary of a decision made long before I was conceived, made long before my parents were conceived. Same thing with somebody that's born today in Afghanistan or uh, or Syria or or Libya in very adverse conditions, right? And you want to? I really think it's important to keep in mind how lucky you are to be born here. I mean, there's a reason people are literally risking their lives to come to the United States of America. It is a pretty great place for all its faults, for all the problems, for all the shenanigans. It's still a wonderful place. Listen to what went on in Burkina Faso yesterday. Burkina In Burkina Faso, which is in Africa, Scores of people were killed during separate attacks on a mosque and a Catholic church, both. So the the Catholics were just as at risk as the Muslims in Burkina Faso. Hundreds of machine gun toting men on motorcycles descended on the mosque in the east of the country during morning prayers, according to local media, an unverified report suggested the death toll could be higher than the dozens officials confirmed had been killed. In the Northeast, at least 15 people were killed in the attack on the church. It's not yet known whether the two attacks are linked. Burkina Faso has struggled for years to contain a growing insurgency, and though the military seized power two years ago, Promising to defeat the armed groups, the violence has persisted. Can you imagine things being so bad in your country that when the military takes over the government, instead of viewing it as an undemocratic coup, you view it as, oh, finally somebody is going to do something about all the machine gun toting lunatics that are shooting up people. And 
imagine the disappointment of the people that live in Burkina Faso when they're not able to do anything. So I, re- I you know, I, I see that story and it causes me to just thank my lucky stars that through circumstances beyond my control, pure luck, really, I, I'm born in the United States and not in Burkina Faso. You want to talk about what's going on in Gaza? The U.N. yesterday warned of looming famine in North Gaza, saying it had been unable to deliver aid there for more than a month. It was reported yesterday that a two-month-old Palestinian boy had died of starvation. Again, you think, what's the difference between me and that two-month Palestinian, between my son and that Palestinian boy that starved to death? My son happened to be born in the United States. That little boy happened to be born in Gaza. That's it. Philippe Lazzarini, who is the head of the U.N. Palestinian Refugee Agency, said the request to allow food distribution had fallen on deaf ears and more than a half a million people in Gaza are facing catastrophic levels of food insecurity. Terrible, terrible. And um, again, if you're a little kid that's starving to death, you had nothing to do with any of the stuff that's going on in the Middle East. You had nothing to do with... You know, Hamas carrying out a terrorist attack or anything that Israel might be doing. You're just sitting there starving to death. It's just, uh, again, a reminder to me of how lucky everybody that's born in this country happens to be. Stan is in Astoria. What's on your mind, Stan? Hi, Frank. Uh, I want you to know, when you brought up Tom from the Bronx uh, at the end of last hour, you have that tape of him and Bob Grant when... He tried to deliver a book yep, on enzymes. I remember. If you could, that would be a great way for to remind everybody what a great call to Tom was, if you could play that again. Well, first of all, I'm hoping that Tom, you know, will hear us talking about him and will will call back because um, you know, I you know, he's a great caller and is a, seems like a great guy. And uh thank you for the call, Stan. I'll tell you this about Tom from the Bronx. At the last radio station that I was at, he was one of the few people. You know, you have all these callers that call in to the radio wanting to promote their cause, whatever it is, whether it's uh, Go Pat Go or uh, Sid's a Moron or whatever your, your pet cause is. Tom from the Bronx's pet cause was getting radio stations to air old TV shows, basically. All right. And so what he actually did is... He bought advertising on my show and on a couple of other shows to basically have the the talk show host read that announcement. No call to action, no petition to sign. Basically, you know, a a, a message that he paid for, um, saying that radio shows should do what he wanted. And so I always always really respected Tom because I think that. Uh, to actually put your money where your mouth is and buy some advertising and support the show that you like, to me, that's the mark of a, a great listener. I don't know where he's been, though. I'm uh, hoping we can track him down. If you're not familiar with Tom from the Bronx, as I mentioned, he's been calling talk radio shows all over the country for at least 35 years. Did you did you get your uh, enzyme book? The enzyme book? You didn't get the from... I, ma- I mailed it to Curtis Lewa. And I, it's there were two books, and I said I gave him one and to give you one. He didn't get well. Uh, if I run into Curtis, I'll have to ask where's my enzyme book. Well, yeah, to see if he. Got, I'm sure he got it. I hope he got it. 
I, uh, uh, you know, uh, listen, this has got nothing to do with Curtis, it's got nothing to do with anybody, but if no. you want to make sure a person gets something, no matter what you're sending, you should send it directly to that person. I, uh, I mean, I would give that way. advice to anybody under any circumstances. Yeah. I send a parcel to him, that's what it was. Well, but, uh, it's my loss, Tom, my loss and your loss, because if I had gotten the book and I uh, thought it made any sense, I would have said so on the radio, and everybody would have been uh, coming to your door for a an autograph. Anyway, thank you very much. Just so that was about 2008, all right? This, I think, is from about 1993. Your habits. Uh, anyway, listen, listen, Bob. I just like to say this: that stop being so gloomy on life. Be happy. Oh, really? Smile, smile. Uh, smile. Smile, though your heart is breaking. He's a bore. That is the call that uh, that gentleman was uh, was talking about. All right. 800-848-9222. Still a lot to get to. Noam Laden is here. We'll get his take on what is going on in the world at large. If you want to join our Facebook group and, um, you know, offer feedback on the show that you're listening to, feel free to do so. Just go online and search Morano, M-O-R-A-N-O, radio, fans and haters. Uh, This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. First, my last, my everything. Another uh, birthday bumper music selection from my cousin Palma. This is another one of those songs. I like Barry White. I think he's got a great voice and a great way about him. I wish he was still alive. I wish I could interview him. But here, because I'd I'd seen him in some interviews over the years on television and even heard a couple on radio, and he's very good, very witty, had a lot of great stories. But this particular song, I feel like is another one of these songs that is just way overplayed. 
at uh, weddings, bar mitzvahs, etc. It's way overplayed by DJs at catering hall functions. So I, I do bristle a little bit every time I hear that song because you know what I see when I close my eyes and listen to that song? I see someone that knows me well enough to uh, retrieve me and bring me onto the dance floor to dance. Hey, come on, come dance, come dance. But not someone that I know well enough to say, no, I don't want to dance. Because that it drives me crazy when people do that. I, I don't like to dance. I don't want to dance. I'm not dancing. Um, and, you know, it's like the, the song by the Scissor Sisters. You know, I don't feel like dancing. No, sir, no dancing today. But... Dancing is the recreational activity of choice at almost every party. And and I and I've gone through this before. I wish there would be alternative activities. I mean, I create my alternative activity, which is just basically standing in the hallway with a cocktail or by the bar if it's quiet enough by the by the bar and having conversation with people. That's my alternative activity. But if I was in the party planning business, I would create different sections of the party for different things. You know what I think would be fun? And you're going to think I'm joking. You know what's fun? Risk. The game of risk is fun. Or, or, a, or a game of trivial pursuit. Can you imagine what a hit that party would be where you say, all right, uh, are you the dancing section? No, I'm the trivial pursuit section. Oh, right this way, sir, with the other trivial pursuit players. It would be great. You'd get to know the other guests. You get to know your date. Maybe it's somebody you don't know that well. It's fun. It's great. It's great. But and, and that's just one example. There could be all sorts of other things, right? But for some reason, we as a society, and I, this probably goes back millennia, we as a, as a society have decided the best way to celebrate a wedding, a retirement party, a graduation, a bar mitzvah, is to play music so loud that no one can have a conversation and allow the only re recreational activity to celebrate this monumentous life event to be people writhing around rhythmically where all the guys look dumb. And, you know, it's just, I don't know how we made that decision as a society, but we have. It's, the, it's uh, I don't know. But that's one of those songs that I just picture. I, I just get flashbacks. I feel like uh, Frank Costanza trying to make um, make food for the guys in the military. Uh, I'll tell you what was fun. We had some nice weather in our area. And for the first time in a couple of weeks, I got to take my son back to the playground. We had some nice weather. Went, out, went to the playground. We had a great time. Went down the slide. Went on the swings. A lot of fun. He got to play with the boys across the street outside for a little while. And I got to enjoy my first, I think, my first outdoor cigar of the year, which was a pretty much my first cigar of the year, except for the handful of times that I've been to an, an indoor cigar venue. So uh, that, was, uh, that was a lot of fun. And, you know, I mentioned this notepad that I keep on my, my phone where I make a list of all the things that I want to talk about. But it's not a foolproof plan. You know why? Because I don't know if your mobile phone does this, but autocorrect on my mobile phone always screws me up. It'll I'll type, you know, whatever, you know, um, I, I don't know, Bill, 
and it'll change it to what I think it means it to want when it's not what I want. So on this list of subjects that I wanted to bring up, a lot of them are stuff that I wanted to talk about. Lotto Ticket Gas Station, Glenn Livett, Most Boring State. Oh, I didn't talk about this other thing yet. Okay. And then for some reason, I put on my list, this is what it says, my, M-I, excuse me, M-Y, my times, T-I-M-E-S, sandwich, my times sandwich. And I have been racking my brain for the last five hours. What the heck was I trying to write down? Was I trying to write down New York Times subscription? I don't think so. What could I have wanted uh, to talk about with a New York Times subscription? Was I trying to talk about a sandwich that I had? I don't think so. I haven't had any sandwich. So I wish I could go back in time to whenever I wrote this down. If, If Gnome gets us in touch with that time traveler that time traveled three years into the future only to find that everybody is is a mess... I wish he could tell me how to go back to whenever I recorded this note and I could stop myself and say, be careful with your what you're writing down. Write it down more carefully. Because to this day, I have no idea what my times sandwich means or what I was trying to say or what I was going to talk about. And you know who the big losers in this whole thing are? They're you. Because I was probably going to have something that was really informative, really insightful, really interesting, really amusing, and now you're in the dark for it. You're worse off for it because I don't know what my Times sandwich is. It's my version of the Flaming Globes of Sigmund. Until next hour, your influence counts. Use it.